At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I know I'll never understand how you feel. I'm like, you know what? If my house burned down, you'd have a pretty good idea as to how it fits. Like, I'm, yeah, you don't know. Your house is still there. But I'm pretty sure you could imagine if your house wasn't there. Yeah. So you do have an idea. What up, everybody? It's the Preachers and Seekers podcast. I'm about to head out of state for the week, and I wanted to get this podcast out super quick to you guys because... I absolutely love the conversation that I had with my homie Words Played this week. Uh, we talked about all things Christian hip-hop, comedy, the state of the country right now. It was challenging and hilarious, thought-provoking, and super interesting. So uh, sit back and tune in for the next hour or so. I know you won't regret it, and I appreciate you spending the time. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. As well as follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Preachers and Sneakers. Okay, let's get to my conversation with Words Played. So sitting here with my uh, Instagram friend, hopefully real friend soon, Words Played, John Itaola. How do you say your last name? It's Etiola. Etiola. So I completely butchered it. Etiola. No, it's okay. I mean, um, we met via Instagram, I guess, sometime last year, and. Uh, you were kind enough to let me use some of your music for my intro to the podcast, which I'm super grateful for because um, I was, I'm still just figuring this thing out. And so any help is appreciated. So to have real music as an intro and not like royalty free SoundCloud vlog intro music uh, was super nice. And I got a lot of compliments on the music and stuff because initially I tried to make my own beats for it. And very quickly I got the feedback what is this? What is this intro? This intro is trash. Uh, so yeah, thanks for spending the time with me. Um, and you're in San Diego currently, right? Yeah, I, I'm in, uh, I live in San Diego. I've been here for, uh, sheesh, almost 10 years now. 10 yeah. years. New York originally, but yeah, here for almost 10 years now. So you, you grew up in New York? Is that what you said? Cut out a little bit. Yeah. 
grew up in New York. You went to, uh, what was the name of the school? Maritime? I went to the uh, State University in New York Maritime Academy, SUNY Maritime. SUNY Maritime Academy. And then uh, we were talking offline about you immediately going into the Navy as an officer. I assume people are surprised by that with you being a rapper yeah. now. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, yeah. I, well, not a lot of people know. I, I don't even think you know what it, you know, not a lot of people know what an officer is first. So, you know, they're just yeah. like, oh, man, you were in the <clears throat> army. That's crazy. And I'm like, nah. nah pretty far from it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it was, it was a, yeah, it's not something you see every day. I remember getting out and one of my bosses, I was sitting down with him. And uh, he was like, man, so you're going to do the music thing when you get out. Wow. And I was like, yeah, sir. Like, that's, that's my plan. He was like, man, that's great. But, but like, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you, you literally just said it. Like, you literally just said what I plan on doing. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, no, I sure. mean, like, you know, when that doesn't work out, like, like go back to school, <laughs> job, you're going you're gonna to try and get back in. Like, I get it. You know, want to try something out. And that's when I realized, I was like, oh, smokes. Like, this is, uh, he might be right. You know, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of don't have a plan B. It's not, I don't think I don't think I do. I, I, maybe I do. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's not great uh, as a new creator finally deciding, "Hey, I'm going to be vulnerable and put my stuff out there and depend on this thing that is uh, completely uncertain," and then have everyone in your circle or like former bosses be like, "All right, yeah, I mean, clearly it's not going to work out." And it's interesting how <laughs> people in the in the military just can't ever consider anything outside of the, the military, at least my superiors like, all right, but I mean, you're going to stay in the reserves, right? I mean, you don't want to give up your, I mean, you're going to work towards retirement, right? And, and the reserves. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm done, done. Like, I don't want to come back and do this. Yeah. I thought about the reserves. I just, Oh God, I can't. Oh, you're having a great month. It's day 26. Yep. <laughs> and then you got to shave and put on your uniform. No, I couldn't stay in shape on your own motivation. The green weenie attacks every month. And then there's probably some amount of, at least as an officer, some amount of paperwork that you got to catch up on and then you get paid 500 bucks. <laughs> like a second wife, I bet. Or like, <laughs> it's like a third kid. If you have two kids, you know, it's just another very dynamic relationship to, to manage. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that had a lot of say in your life. So I, I just was, I couldn't, I couldn't. Same. I mean, I was once I, uh, you know, they take your pound of flesh out of you. And after that, it's, I was ready to move on too. <laughs> so great. you, you did your, uh, you got out and immediately started rapping. What did the transition look like? Did you, did you already have shows lined up or were you planning on? Well, here's the thing. Uh, What's cool is that same boss that uh, made me question my existence mm. was also cool enough a year earlier to let me take 61 days of leave. Whoa. 61 days of leave to go on the uncomfortable tour with Andy, uh, Andy Minio and Propaganda. Oh, and, uh, snap. So I was on shore duty then for, for you guys. That's kind of like your desk job in the military. After you're in the fleet, you know, you're going to Afghanistan, you're going up Japan or Korea, you know, yep. boots on the ground, winning hearts and minds. 
<laughs> putting warheads on foreheads. Yeah, more like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after all that, they rotate you to like a desk job where you're doing ad paperwork and admin and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. during that, um, I had a really good team that was working for me. They knew way more than I did. So I was essential, but only so I could sign things. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, you were the uh you were the the uh scapegoat for anything yeah. that went wrong, but that was about it. That was about it. And those guys were so good, nothing ever really went wrong. So that's such an awesome thing though, to work with people that are so proficient. Yeah, it was incredible. These guys were all, you know, it was probably like 160 years of combined experience, these guys. Yeah, that's amazing. So. so you went on tour with Minio, Prop, Gavi. Uh I watched a, I watched a deal with Prop this morning. He was he was talking to Triple E, I think, on Instagram. And I was yeah, just Yeah, they did that Porigami thing he still hasn't invited me to. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. Do you keep in touch with him? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Great with that guy. He seems like a really uh interesting multifaceted dude the guy's like six dimensional yeah and it makes me it makes me like self-conscious for my own like existence in the world because like dude i I care about these things and i love my wife love my faith i've got this instagram account but he's like thinking deeply about like social change issues as well as coffee and entrepreneurship and rap or hip-hop like he's He's a pretty impressive dude. And I didn't really know about him until he's just a really curious guy. Um, and uh, one thing I love about him is he, uh, he, he just loves, he like really, really loves being informed. And I think he despises not being informed. <laughs> so, which is, which is just great. Like, uh, so, I mean, he's just like, uh, what do I got to do to be a dad? Let me get information. And he's just always trying to get information. That guy. That's dope. Um, so anything he's interested in, he's like, okay, now, now that I'm interested, I got to get informed. It's, That's yeah, awesome. Really. So you went on tour with them. What did it look like to prep for your first tour like that? I mean, you're fresh out. You got the haircut still. You got the abs still from the Navy. Yeah, I looked great back then. God, I looked great. I watched some videos that like, it must've been early music videos of yours where your head was completely bald, no beard or anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had the, uh, had the deployment lice-free haircut. <laughs> yeah. uh, had the fifth fleet lice-free haircut back then. It was it was strange. One, I wasn't ready. I was terrible. Oh, uh, snap. That's okay. Everybody. Like is, objectively, yeah. everyone was like, all right, yeah, you probably weren't ready. <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, let me think, maybe. <laughs> maybe, you know. I'm I, not saying you were, I'm just I'm trying to get into I've your never head. been brave enough to ask. Right. I, I I would be the same, I think. But in hindsight, yeah, you know, I wasn't ready. But who is, you right. know? And I was lucky. I, I I was really lucky. I had a friend that was leveraging his platform to put on a friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who who gets that? So I, I like cut to the front of the line and they raised the velvet rope thing for me and I just breezed into the club. That's so dope. And um, you got out in what, 2015? I got out. That was in 2016. I was on tour. I got out a year later. See, that's crazy. Like that's, I mean, Minio was full, like he was popping. It was hot. Yeah. And so he just let you having, he just, like, who is this guy? Words played. He just, he just got on his roller coaster and let me sit on his lap. <laughs> that is so, I mean, what a good friend. Like he definitely didn't have to do that. And he's got a lot of friends, yeah. I'm sure. 
yeah, he he really uh, yeah he took care of me. He gave me he gave me a second life. Really, not that I couldn't have done it alone, but for me, that's how it worked out. Yeah, know? I mean, it's super it's helpful to have. I mean, it takes work to build a platform like that, and to just have access to it. I mean, it has to be super great. I mean, you're starting to make money like right out the gate. That never happens. Oh, make making money. No, I'm just saying oh, you know, for me it happened. It's just that, that never happened. Yeah. So so I was I was really lucky. But to be fair, you're also talented. Now maybe you weren't great at the beginning, but at least for me, I'm a big fan of your voice and your lyrics and stuff. So like your voice sticks out where you know what I think he those are things he used to always say. And I think this was his way of almost uh you know, just kind of confer, uh, like a, a, a back in what he was saying. He's kind of, you know, I, I don't know. He, he, it proven to himself he's right almost, you know, like, hey, you're, you're really talented and I'm going to show you why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he, 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 you know, kind of made an incubator to show me why. That's tight. An, eco- an ecosystem for me to flourish. And I did, you know, and, and now I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I, I can do this. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of good at this. I didn't think I was for the longest, but, but now I see it. Um, yeah. Cause it's such a nebulous concept to say, yeah, I'm going to be a full-time rapper. And not only that, like Minio's in the Christian hip hop space. And so like, I'm going to be a, a, I don't know how you classify yourself, but I'm going to be aligned with the Christian hip hop space full time. And I'm going to support my family that way. It's got to be at least old strategy. Yeah. <laughs> old strategy there it's a uh yeah yeah it's so interesting to kind of but you want to know what it never it never works out like you do you never things will never look the way you you want them to ever ideally yeah never go towards your ideals but at the same time things will work out really well in ways you didn't think that's what i the, the flip side that i try to tell people and remind myself like just because it's not going ideally doesn't mean it's not going to work out. It's, you know, really good things will happen. I think if you, if you stick with it, look at you. I mean, the pinnacle uh, of success. Smokes. Are you kidding me? New York times hasn't called me. All right. Like I, I know that I'm like, the well, times they, has- they haven't called me in a while, uh, which is fine, <laughs> but hopefully they will again. That was pretty cool. And as you can see, uh, it's a pretty underwhelming interview. They got, from me, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to have a, you're right. Like things never work out how you think they're going to work out, but no, there's also but the chance a- that it could be a lot better. I remember yeah, se- yeah. seeing somebody on Twitter, maybe it was Jamie Torkowski or something like for a kind of a saying that you say, if you're feeling anxiety or you're thinking like, dude, wh- what if this, 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 or this happens, it's going to be terrible. And just changing the narrative saying like, what if it actually all works out? Or what if it actually, what if I actually don't bomb? Or what if I actually do succeed in this? I think it's a helpful kind of way to change uh, the mindset. So, so you did, you kind of broke out in the scene in 2016. What does the name, what does the name come from? Have you talked much about? No, I I have no clue where the name comes from. It's just just, catchy. Yeah, it was, it's actually really terrible. 
in the sense that like, oh man, wordplay, words play. You know, it's cheesy. I think it's, but I, I don't like the whole rap name thing. I thought it was kind of cheesy, but I was like, yeah, my name that no one's gonna be able to pronounce that. And there's worse names out there yeah. and people. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll just make something up. The way I, the way I've always heard it is like names kind of like you said, just don't matter. I mean, look at who's famous, like DJ snake or, <laughs> or like so many people that it's just their names, like Andy Minio. I mean, yeah. there's no creativity there objectively. It's a great name, yeah. but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting or it's, it's hard not to get swept up into kind of those small details. I would think. Yeah. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. But it is, cares. but it, uh, there's some aspect where it does have to be digestible Unless you're like XXX Tensacion, like hey, that worked out. You know, look at you know, like I'm just like and I actually it's a perfect example where I'm like it was great, and people just called him X after a while, right? You know, so yeah, no one, no one really matters, <laughs> especially know. like this year. So, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Yeah. So speaking of, like, what are you, what are you up to now? Like, what does your career look like now? It's actually really cool. I, you know, I, I haven't, I don't think I've really released anything in over a year. Uh, last year was really brutal. We had a really, my wife and I had just a really tough year. Mm. Uh, you know, just some personal stuff, some health stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tough year. She lost her father. Um, so the last like 15 months has been really brutal. And, uh, but the the good news is um, I'm like still here paying the rent yeah. somehow. Like I realized that dawned on me. And that's when I was like, oh man, I do this full time. Like that's a that's what famous people do. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, we're literally talking at 11 a.m. on a Friday. Shit, like what the nerve? <laughs> really, like all to be sitting here talking. You and I were not wealthy. We're not affluent. Like. You know, but that's wealth right there where you can, I mean, having a schedule like that. It really is, man. It really is. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? That's if I could be there in life, like I I don't need awards. I don't need a a lot of money. If I could just maintain, that's the, that's the Ferrari lifestyle for me. Like just your own schedule. Like at 11, I can hit you up (laughs) and dump. And then I can wrap up here and be like, all right. Xbox or PlayStation. Where we dropping, boys? Yeah, yeah. I really could if I wanted. And that's a miracle. Yeah. That's such a miracle. I can't believe that that's my life. You and I, you know, I I know how much you made as an officer. Us walking away from six-figure salaries. Us walking away from health benefits. Married, you know, walking away from health benefits. Housing. a pension 10 years from now, guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, 60 a year for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. housing, and it working out. You know, it, it's kind of worked out. It's not perfect, but it yeah. kind of worked out, man. So I'm one, I'm really grateful right now. And uh, two, to answer your question, I just had to reflect on that. Sure. I think it's really cool. Um, and you're, you nailed it. That's wealth. That's, yeah. that's wealth, man. So quickly you realize how little things can bring to you. And for the longest time I was, I was really trying to make money so I could get a dope house, get a dope car, go on dope vacations. But 
when you're doing that and sacrificing like 60 hours of your week and then stressing about it off of those hours during the week, dude. And like most people do that. That's hell. And I just can't, uh, in the same way as you, like so many things have been gifted to me, like platform money for this thing that I have never would have never cooked up strategically. Um, so it's a, it's a thing where it's like, I feel responsibility to like steward it well, so that I'm not, you know, waking up and playing PlayStation all day, but, but just to, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just saying I'm with you in that, like finding contentment and gratitude and that you can have a more, like not set an alarm. That's, that's wealth. Are you kidding me? Holy smokes. And there's still so much work to do, you know, yeah. still stuff I want to do stuff. I'll fail at probably, but it's so uh, much different when you're controlling the time that you spend on those things. Like I'm happy to work Friday nights. If it's me choosing to work on something that I, that is going to further like whatever creative pursuit I have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Right now though, I'm focusing a lot on, uh, well, actually a lot on comedy right now at the moment. I just haven't, one, I haven't been able to write music for, for over a year now. Mm, you know, you, you dropped the lo-fi, you had the two lo-fi singles. I got the two, uh, you know, lo-fi short, you know, extended plays that came out. And I got another one that's going to come out this year. Nice. That's, that's already done. I got, you know, some music with Andy coming out. But uh, I haven't been able to make new music, like good music for a while. And I think that, you know what? Fine. That's okay. It'll, it'll come back. I'm sure. Yeah. The comedy stuff I realized, man, in the last year, the little money, <laughs> the little, the, there's the there's little shekels I was able to make. It was, uh, it was comedy. It was all through comedy. How? For, I mean, um, a lot of people don't know that you're like involved with comedy or like comedy. I mean, people see you as a rapper, I'm sure mostly. Yeah. I mean, talk about that. Well, you know, I think I'm more so of an entertainer at this point. I, that's what I plan on being, you know, yeah. I look at um, Reggie, you know, Reggie Watts mm-hmm. um, or Fred Armisen, um, you know, Fly to the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kate McCucci, uh, you know, artists like that, that have found a way to blend these things on stage and just kind of. Like Fred you, you doing a comedy for drummers. Did you yeah, watch that? You don't, you don't, you don't really. Uh, you you're, you know you you don't really know what they're doing anymore. You just know you're being entertained right. and you want to be there. Um, I think that's the space I'm entering into. Zach Fox, another great example. Hmm. Um, what drew you to so that? I I just I don't know. I I'm not I'm not cool enough to be around. <laughs> I saw when I here's when I watch uh, Andy on stage, for example, I'm like, God, this guy's incredible. He'll yeah. do like three incredible songs, and then he'll do a monologue, and you know, there's people weeping, there's people marriages being saved, there's kids <laughs> quitting drugs, yeah. you know, runaways are returning to their families, <laughs> and then he'll do like three more incredible songs, and then he'll do another monologue and do it again, sell a bunch of and, merch. Oh, and then, yeah, and then it'll sell 15 grand in merch <laughs> and just, you know, hang it up at the end of the night. Me, I go out on stage 
I got a glass of whiskey in my hand or a beer, <laughs> you know, like I'm stumbling. I, my iPad's not working. <laughs> so I got to tell jokes, you know, and I'm just so much more comfortable doing that for some reason. That's you know? dope. I, I don't know. That's I, terrifying I to a lot of people. Right. Because there's some guys I know that if they couldn't be a, a, a leader, if they couldn't be a reverent presence on stage, right, it's vulnerable and it's scary. Yeah. For me, it's the opposite. Being like in a leadership position or a place of reverence and seriousness, that's horrifying to me. That's like worst case scenario, you know, but um, when I when I get to go up there and just kind of bring just kind of raise hell and bring absurdity and um almost confusion and disorientation. Like who is this guy? Yeah, that I, that's a high for me. But you know what? The, the ultimate high is people feeling uh people feeling less insecure about themselves yeah. because they're looking at me. So they're not thinking about themselves. They're they're either laughing at me or they're laughing with me or they're feeling a little less, less bad about themselves because I'm up there like making light of things. Yeah. And you could see that happen in the audience. When I, when I get to see that, I that's when I'm like, all right, this feels really, 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 really good. Yeah. And just yeah. like, I'm sure you appreciate, or I know you appreciate other comics and just the, there's nothing like someone being able to genuinely make you belly ache laugh and that is that does so much to my soul when i see um who was i watching the other day i was watching uh you, you ever watch andrew schultz yeah his crowd work i mean he's yeah. he's a little raunchy but he yeah. he has such a clear talent to do crowd work and yeah. just make funny out of nothing yeah. and that something that stirs something in, in me that no nothing else can like pure laughter pure joy and appreciating somebody's talent to be able to get up there in complete silence and have one single light pointed at them and then them control a whole crowds worth of uh, people's emotions. That's, like that's incredible to me. That's the hive for me. That's it. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a huge narcissist. <laughs> not, <laughs> not narcissist. Maybe I'm a, what's the word? A sociopath. Where you like, where like the, the embarrassing nugget in your brain doesn't, click off or click yeah, on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yes, yes. <laughs> I control. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's almost like, uh, making a friend a steak and watching them eat it. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, you like that. Don't you? <laughs> That's <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. It's a high for sure. And, or a love language. Either one. Maybe. Yeah. At its worst, I guess it's a high and a control thing. I don't think it's that for me. It's just, I've always, that's what I've always been good at, you know, class clown in high school. Yeah. Um, uh, just always getting in trouble, but I was never disrespectful to teachers. I was always making my peers. I was always doing you know crazy stuff to make my friends laugh. And yeah. Trying to get them to, to animate. I wanted to see people pop. I love it when a crowd pops. Yeah. Or even just like one-on-one I've, I've never done uh, well, strike that I did. I did a stand-up competition once in high school, a sophomore in high school and was not funny. But I remember ever since then that, that idea of, of making someone laugh just from your words and your perspective 
and people genuinely thinking you're funny is one of the best feelings. Like I love to make people laugh. I mean, that's why I like doing this account or that's why I originally liked doing this account is to make people laugh. And, uh, (laughs) and then I started pissing a bunch of people off, but, uh, that was what drew me to your account though. Um, I realized even from just God, I saw your account and I immediately envied you. I immediately envied you because I was like, God, this is such a good idea. And I wish I was the guy that got to bring people to this feeling in this moment because yeah. it's so funny. It I feel that so about rich. like that irritation. You feel like, gosh, I could have easily thought of this thing or that joke yeah. and someone else and did it. And now it's done. The, 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 the brilliant thing I think about your, you know, what you, you do for a living, um, <laughs> what you got to do with the account. My wife really is funny. super proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The brilliant thing is you made your wife proud. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. She's so sick um, of it. Yeah. It, the brilliant thing I think is just, if you could get people to animate and emote, you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the range. You have the range. It's interesting. Imagine what your direct messages look like too. Um, but my therapy bill went way up. <laughs> tripled all the money you made. You're still in the red because of uh, straight to the therapy medical expenses. <laughs> Cause it, it is a, uh, since the beginning, it has surprised me how such a novel, meaningless thing was able to open up everyone's life hurts and insecurities and irritations about Christians or non-Christians or, I mean, I've had conversations with people about every like people think 12 different things about my account. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people think I'm this uh, strategic, like theological person that's trying to erode (laughs) the prosperity gospel or the skinny jean preachers. And other people think that I uh, am trying to erode the Christian faith. Like people have literally messaged me. Like, how could you divide? How could you like uh, risk people's, faiths by doing this account when literally I was like, Hey, these shoes cost 1200 bucks. And from the beginning, like I very rarely was made much of a commentary on it one way or the other. It was more like, dude, this seems ridiculous to me. And a lot of other people think it's ridiculous. And, but people, uh, I guess what I was trying to say is people project their view of all these different things on the account and all that happening at one in one place has been, you know, I love it. People, yeah, people definitely hitch their wagon of hurt yes. and uh, your daddy issues to what you were doing and make it it's immediately make it about themselves. You yes. Know? Yeah. And it's oh. like so quickly you could see that. And I, and the whole time I had to sit in the middle, like, dude, I mean, y'all decide what you think about this. I, I have my own thoughts about it, but I'm also, I can also see both sides. Like, why are y'all Let getting pissed? Let me ask you this. And this is, uh, I don't ask you this. Um, as an indictment, but really just to, to ask you. Yeah. Do you think that could or is cowardly? Let me ask you why. Let me ask you why. And I, I ask that question because sometimes I have to think about myself and I get, I'm like, man, am I being a coward here by yeah. not doing more, taking one side? Here's the thing. I heard um, Malcolm Gladwell talking about 
he was talking about the presidential election in 2000. He's so good. Or, or, or eight. I can't remember when Sarah Palin was running and, uh, and Tina Fey, I mean, knocked it out of the park with that yeah. impression. Yeah. That yeah. And, um, you know, Amy Poehler is Hillary Clinton, but Tina Fey just murders for a few weeks. <laughs> and then they brought Tina Fey. Uh, they brought Sarah, Sarah Palin on to SNL. Like after a few of those, they actually brought her on. And um, Malcolm Gladwell said that that was cowardly, he thought. It was cowardly satire because they didn't, because they flopped. He said they flopped. He said you you were, you were, you know, you were criticizing Sarah Palin. And then you brought her on the show. Yeah, yeah. Using, you let her off the hook, so to think. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think you've done now that I think about it. Today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast is brought to you by the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the Upper Room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's upperroom.org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. And now back to my conversation with words played. What is it? What is it your place or my place to be like, this is wrong or this is perfectly fine. Or, you know, I I don't, and me personally, I don't think what you're doing is cowardly. I think, I think you nailed it. I think you, God, I, I, again, I can't reiterate how jealous I am (laughs) of just hire me part-time to write your captions. (laughs) Put me on a retainer, a small retainer. I just want to be a part of what you do. Okay. But seriously, like, did you, did you ever feel that like, ah, man, I should be saying more or. Yeah. Only, uh, maybe all the time. <laughs> uh, so people call, have called me or implied that I'm a coward all the time. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like a weekly thing. I mean, at, at first it was every day people were like, yeah. And people got really pissed. Um, but the thing I stuck to was that I never, and like, there's a lot here. So I never started this thing to say whether or not it was good or bad. I made five videos about like, did you know that this pastor is wearing $500 shoes? And at the time I was a little irritated because for some reason my, I saw, I, I just had never considered the finances around preaching and being a pastor. Like my thought was that every pastor ever makes 65 a year is kind of poor and, but also gets hooked up by the congregation. This whole con, this whole concept of like these guys making real wealth off of being just pastors stirred something within, within me, but I didn't know if it was wrong or right. I just knew that it stirred something within me. And again, like people think I have a strategy or know, or think that I know what I'm doing, but I literally posted this just to my personal friends. And then somebody encouraged me to like start the account. And I thought up the name. Um, and so people, people will think I'm a coward if they think that I am here to 
call these guys out and say, what you're doing is sinful. Jesus never did this. Mother Teresa never did this. And I'm much more moderate when it, when it comes to things like that, because it's like, or at least I'm empathetic enough to know, like this dude literally is best friends with Justin Bieber and Justin Bieber's worth a billion dollars. Um, for sure. And it's nothing for Justin Bieber to say, Hey, here's 50 K worth of clothes from Barney's. And so you as Karen or Joe Schmo sitting behind your computer, see that. And you're like, how could you, you need to give more money to the poor when in fact, like all these situations are different. So if you see me as somebody that is, uh, that is actually here to call these guys out and call Carl Lentz out and say, Carl, how could you then? Yeah, I would be a coward. But if people like, spent the time to kind of listen a little bit or kind of read through some of the stuff I've done, they would realize that I'm, I'm more moderate, but uh, to your point about the Sarah Palin thing, I've had to adapt this whole time. Like people have wanted me to stick with my original content from the very beginning. And I think that that in itself would be disingenuous because I like, I guess by having done this for a year, I understand more than nuance. And I've heard from some of them. And then some people will say, well, they're just manipulating you by becoming friends with you in order to get the stuff taken out. I'm like, yes. Okay. If you want to be a conspiracy theorist about everything. (laughs) At that that point though, you can't really win. At that point it's like, okay, you just want me to wave your flag. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing I've had to battle because people really have wanted me to further their agenda. So like there were some people at uh, Mosaic that really had left Mosaic in LA and really didn't like Erwin McManus. And they wanted me to keep like posting about Erwin McManus and sharing about all these different things that they didn't like about Mosaic or people had left Hillsong in New York city and hated Carl and uh, wanted me to keep pounding these guys for, you know, seemingly getting rich off the gospel. And and my whole deal is like, I'm, I'm going to post whatever I want when I want, like there's no rules around this. Um, so I, I've become secure in that I'm not hiding behind account. There was a time where I was trying to be wise, where I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if people are going to come like bust down my door because they're so pissed that people now know how much their sneakers are worth. But very quickly, I was like, people don't care that much. Um, so, uh, it's an interesting question. Like I, I got the same question or David Nasser at Liberty kind of implied the same things. Like, aren't you being kind of a hypocrite by doing this behind an Instagram account. I said, well, I no. I mean, I, I'm not a news platform, but all I'm doing is showing people the facts that, yo, that Supreme tea sold for 1200 bucks yesterday. That's it. And here's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So it's weird, but now that would be my pushback to a Malcolm Gladwell where I'm like, but yeah, but was that the agreement going into this, that, that Tina Fey, that that's her responsibility, that's her duty. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe you had that internal expectation and that's okay. You know, like that's what you wanted out of her and she didn't do it. Yeah. Should you be critical? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like then should you, should you be critical? And I think ultimately that's just being in the public, like in a public figure. Yeah. People want you to do what they want you to do based on their own minute experience in life. But as somebody that both of us, like in the public eye, we have to be able to kind of compartmentalize some of that or filter through what's true and what's not. So like people would, 
Um, so I posted that deal with Carl and TD Jakes. Like I disagree with TD Jakes's theology significantly, but he had some good comments about living as a Christian black man and wanting to be treated the same as, uh, white dudes in the same position. And I posted it and people automatically thought that I was now promoting these two guys. What I was doing was, uh, promoting their conversation because I enjoyed the conversation. Um, right. but people got so upset that I would stoop so low as to, uh, cave on my initial mission and elevate these two guys. When in fact, like I'm just a dude with a phone and posting stuff once I feel like posting it. I mean, that's literally, and you never said what your initial mission was. So who are they to like, yeah. What, what reference point does anyone have right. aside from their own internal, right. you know, moral which is really strange to me. So yeah, it took me a while. Cause I thought I was being treated unfairly because like, people, people don't understand. People don't know what I'm doing. Like people don't realize I'm joking, but there's no managing that or like, there's no, yeah. especially like same for you as a creator, you can't make anybody understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. You're going to have yeah. fans. You're going to have haters or I used to do this, you know, pity party for myself. Like if they just knew me, if they just knew me as a person. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? One, nobody cares. Yeah. That's, that's how they, <laughs> even if they do, nobody cares. Yeah. One, they don't want to know you. But, but two, man, like you're right. You just kind of got to do your thing. You yeah. Kinda, it's got to wake up, do your job the best way you can. Speak up when you got to, too. Do the right thing when, you know, you feel really compelled. You post in. That thing about T.D. Jakes, that's more important than what you think. At that time, it's way more important than what you think about anyone's theology. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, like this guy's talking about some stuff that actually matters here. I don't care if he's wearing a Margiela jacket, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> T.D. Jakes in a Margiela store is just funny. But, uh, but yeah, but like this is way more important. But still, even you doing that, uh, absolutely reprehensible. How could you? And I'm like, oh, you know what? All right. The dude. fact that I can control people's emotions with that little amount of like uh, influence is more power than I think I need to have because it's yeah, it's it can really be weird. a drug. Um, but we started talking about all this about your doing comedy, and I'm I'm interested in that. Are you talking about like, do you go do stand up regularly at the clubs in San Diego, or like, what does comedy look like for you? Well, that's a great question. And this is where I will truly be outed as a coward. Comedy, <laughs> stand-up is horrifying to me. Stand-up comedy is, stand-up comedy is Rucker Park, if you're a basketball player. You know, I feel like stand-up comedy is, uh, sheesh, I don't know, you're, you're, that, it's, that is, the ultimate test going into a room and convincing people that I feel like are there to be proven to yes. that you're funny, you know? Um, so yeah, done, done a good amount of stand-up gigs. I need to do more because that's just, that's not, I, I, it's just a place where you get good at being a comic. Mm -hmm. But it's terrifying. And it's as terrifying. a, as an unknown comic, you don't have the additional capital of having fans. Like, Jerry Seinfeld no. can walk on stage and not say a word and people will laugh. 
Right, right, right. He could just make a face and people would be like, I get it. You, know? <laughs> yeah. but you get that with time. And uh, that's fair too. But even I was reading the Seinfeld interview where he was like, man, I, he was like, even I can't fool my audience. I got to be funny. I got to stay sharp. And fresh. That guy's at clubs every night. He works in his studio all day. She finds a club on his way home. He finds a club to do a set at, and then he goes home. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start. I think that's what I'm going to do once this you know, disaster is over with. Yeah. I'm just going to work here. I'm at my studio now. Go to a club. But, oh, I mean, I'm fortunate. One, it's the internet era. Mm-hmm. And two, I have a pre-existing fan base. Yeah. You know, that's that nice. A, at least a small percentage of it's willing to listen to me here and is already and understand subscribed. understand your yep gets the context yeah. so i've been you know fortunately i've gotten to eat off that where you know got a few gigs um gotta do some you know some voiceover work and uh you got a great voice like i was listening to you this morning like your recorded stuff spotify youtube and everything if y'all haven't make sure you go listen to him because your voice is so freaking good it's deep Thank you. and it's got body to it and it's, uh, it sticks out. It's not some of Thanks. this mumble rap bullshit. It's like <laughs> lyrical and it's, uh, enunciated, but it's also powerful. I love it, man. And I'm, I think you're incredibly underrated given Thanks. your voice and your lyrics. And maybe well, some of that is like you not taking yourself as seriously maybe as you could trying to be humble. But I think, I yeah, think your voice is incredible. Thanks. Uh, yeah, my voice is a seller for sure. And I think the way I look is a seller for sure. Um, Great beard. The beard is incredibly a manicured. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think I might cut my hair. I, I was running, I went for a jog the other day and I looked in the window. I was like, dear God, like <laughs> I look, it's bad. Like a mountain man, and I gained weight, so it's just the big hair and the the muffin top. Just they don't work together. Yeah, this year one gotta go. This muffin top ain't going anywhere, so it's <laughs> it's gotta be the hair. But um, you know, got to do a gig for NBC, which was really really great. That was that was cool. What you know, doing what? I got to be on this show called Off the Dribble uh, that NBC does, NBC Sports, and they um, it was really great. I mean. Uh, Jacques Slade. Oh, uh, Cousteau. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jacques Slade is great. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he hosts a show called off the dribbler hosted a show when the NBA was a thing. So yeah. it should be sports were a thing. Yeah. And, um, I was yeah, supposed to I, link I, up with him in LA the last time I was there, but our schedules didn't align. He, I mean, he's, Oh yeah, he's that's great. I, I bet he, I bet he follows you and is aware of you. Super but nice yeah, dude. Super great guy, really talented, just really, you know, just a great speaker. Man, I, content. I, I got I got the gig to be on this show, and um, I found out a bit about it like on a Sunday night or a Monday, and I had to be there on a Wednesday, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got nothing. Like I'm not ready for this, but I was like, oh hey NBC, could we reschedule? Yeah, okay, yeah. you know, like I'm not gonna. So I just write for two days. Uh, hop in my car, go up to LA, did this gig, and I, I, I was fortunate, man. I killed. Like, I, I killed. 
came out really well. It's nice. all online stuff. Just search off the dribble words played or whatever. Heck yeah. it, it, it was incredible. And it was me. Like I went up there. I was like a hip hop correspondent on the show. So I was like rapping about NBA news. It was really simple. It wasn't hard, but, or I thought it was simple, but, but it went really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the producers, the, the director, Jacques was like, dude, you did great. Um, it's a great feeling. And, I, and I, I got in my car and drove home. You know, I left NBC Studios, got in my, got in our Kia and drove home. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess drove this is what it feels like. Diego. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is it. Just crashing back down to earth. Gosh. Going back to San Diego. And I was like, oh, man, this is what I do. And I'm I'm damn good at it too. Like I was, it was like a, like a, you know, I just kind of leveled up a little bit. I was like, this is what I do. Yeah. Like it was a realization. That's dope. And, uh, and you know, a couple of days later, uh, a couple guys at NBC just emailed me like, Hey man, like, you know, the guys back out, back out East. Like they just, they say, he's like the guys back out East. They, they actually really like this. Like, um, we need to talk about, you know, just getting to work together in the future. So that would get me so psyched. Were you pumped? I was, uh, that's when I realized, I was like, um, this is what I do. Like, it was weird. I just kept, I was like, oh, wow. I'm a professional. Like, I show up. I'm an entertainment. I do the damn thing and I leave with my check. You know, like, and I was like, that's just, that's it. That's the goal. That's yeah. the plan for the next 20 years. And that's then, so tight. So it was, that's when I was like, you know, let's focus on comedy a little bit more. And uh, it, I think this summer, I'll, I don't know, I'll fly out. Uh, fly out to the woods somewhere and work on music again. Yeah. Uh, what is your, for now, I'm just like, let me, let me focus on some comedy stuff. So focusing on comedy, I mean, what is your, cause I, I think about this too. It's like, I, I know that there's not, I, I don't think there's a long-term uh, job in this for me, just commenting on preacher's footwear, but I do like the whole entertainment piece. Like I like making people laugh. I like comedy. I like, you know, writing copy for the deal. What is your, writing process look like when you say like I'm sitting down to write, like, are you writing monologues? Are you writing freaking one liners or what? So, uh, you know, I'll write bits, you know, just for stand up that I'll use on stage. But I think the way the internet's worked, the way the internet works now is cool because you could just live there as a comedian. And uh, I do really well when I write series, like a series of work. Like my, my wife's an artist. She's a painter. And she'll, I learned this from her. She'll be like, man, I'm in this headspace. I'm thinking about this thing. I'm going to, the next 10 paintings are going to be around this theme and this idea. Mm. I'm just going to focus on that. So what I do now is um, I write, I create worlds, I think. I, I create a world around the theme. So if you look at all my, my music videos from the last two years, it's all VHS. essentially making fun of VHS public access TV. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just all around the 90s, entertainment in the 90s, like C-grade entertainment in the 90s, though. <laughs> yeah. Like 4 a.m., yeah. Yeah, Queen Scheme. Yeah, 4 a.m., VHS. Um you know, community programming, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Really, really terrible. Bad audio, <laughs> intentionally bad. Uh, carry, like uh, Filipino karaoke videos we use as references for a lot of my lyric videos. Um, 
And uh, those were all the references. And we, we, that's what we worked on for two years, man. Hmm. And, uh, and then you toured on that, right? You did it or you I were toured on it. Um, and you know what? Like I look at the numbers now, and the numbers are great online, like, but I'm not making any money off it. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I wish I was, you know, like not a lot of people have seen it, but you know, it's weird. Um, my favorite comic and now a friend, you know, Fred Armisen saw it and it got his attention and, you know, we we're, we're buddies now. Are you really? Yeah. You know, and he's hilarious. He's, he's my hero. He's for me, he's the standard. I'm like, if I could do that for a living, then I've made it, you know? And I DM'd him, you know, shot in the dark. Yeah. And uh, sent him some of the low fidelity hour stuff. I was like, Hey man, like, you really inspire me. I think we create in similar ways. Like I'd love your feedback on this. And he was like, this is hilarious. Here's my email and just took off from there. You That's know? tight. And I was like, Oh, so it was totally worth it. The two years of not making any money. Even just for that one relationship, that relationship and that, that mentor in my career where I'm at now, I'm like that's So I think that's what I'm just going to do. For yeah. The next- I don't know, five years, just keep creating these worlds, these immersive worlds. So I got one coming next week, actually, that that's, uh, when's this thing going to come out? When, when is our episode going to come uh, out this week? Uh, next week, maybe? I mean, whenever, it's really. Out by then. What, uh, what medium? Um, it's, I'm, I'm good. Essentially, I'm going to take on like the self-help Gary V. Uh, you know, um, Grant Cordon, Tony Robbins. Who's the, who's the guy with the uh, the Ferraris on? Uh, oh, uh, Ma, yeah. Oh, God, the guy that interrupts your YouTube videos. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't remember. Name? Ty, Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez. Yeah. Um, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. You know, Christians love that guy, so I have to make fun of him. So yeah, that's what, as a comedian, that's what I do. I think, and that's what I'm. It sounds like you got a lot of things percolating that uh could all like Fred Armisen and having an NBC like just having the resume build as far as a comic that's huge like now you have stuff to point to that even if Fred has got hey like I'm looking for a writer I'm looking for uh whatever he can point to that and be like dude you got to check this guy out instead of like yeah I've got this guy he's really funny yeah right 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 and that's why it's so important even with you with the you saying like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, make fun of guys, uh, guys is easy forever. I can't, you know, but it's, and I'd say for every, every creative, um, it's important. It's the reason it's important to make things and go all out and make it. I was, I remember this Kanye West interview I was watching and he was talking about the Yeezus tour, you know, where he had the mountain inside. He had a full cast it snowed, you know, he had the outfits. It was so ridiculous and absurd and glorious. Very Kanye, he, yeah. It was massive. He went into an incredible debt because of this thing. Oh, really? He went, He went. yeah, you know, uh, seven figures in a debt because of that tour. Jeez. Took on so much debt, lost so much money. And he said the reason he did it, though, was so when an Apple or a Disney called 
he had a demo tape to play for them. And it was the easiest story. Like, this is what I could do with my own money. Imagine what I could do for you or with you, with your budget. And he was like, right after that tour, I linked with Adidas. Like Adidas gave me what I wanted because they saw what I could do. And now he's a billionaire. Who's laughing now? He's a forward thinker. Like he's a legitimate forward thinker. Like people can, it's easy. He's a very easy target to make fun of, but there's no denying that he sees things before he sees things before the mainstream. And then he also can make things be in the mainstream, especially when, now. Um, when people say, a friend said this to me, when people say, you know, it's not checkers, it's chess, they just kind of say that, like, oh, you know, it's not checkers, it's chess, you gotta think. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that even mean? And a buddy said it to me the other day, he was like, the thing about chess is, because I don't know how to play chess, he was like, the thing about chess is, it's always about insurance. You're not thinking about that move. You're thinking like three moves ahead and are you insured to be able to get there? Yeah. You know, and do you have the pieces in place to get to that point? Yeah. And I think that explains it more where it's like, um, me, the getting to do music, getting to be a comedian, but ultimately being an entertainers, they, they serve each other and they, they've started to serve each other really well I'm not making a lot of money but i'm paid my rent you know i paid my rent 12 days ago yeah. <laughs> and it looks like i'll be able to pay it next in, month yeah you know in whatever 20 days or whatever it is so yeah i i think that if you know if you're creating stuff you know just don't, don't think about uh don't, one if you don't have to, don't think about the money and, and do like, uh, just create big, you know, like, yeah. And just put it out there. Big. Yeah. Think, think about, think about, you know, three or four moves from now while you're creating this, you know, like, so. Yeah. That's a good so, word. It's, uh, you know, not, not many of us are, or none of us are born knowing how to do these things. And so I, I've seen a lot of, uh, value in putting something out there and then iterating, it doesn't feel great for things to just bomb, but it is helpful. I mean, like right now I haven't been putting anything out just because it, uh, there's on, most of media cares only about a couple things as they should. Right. Um, yeah. and I've probably lost two or 3000 followers just because I'm yeah. not pushing content out. So I feel that, but also that doesn't matter really. I mean, followers don't really matter to me. Um, right now at least. But I think it's so valuable if you want to create something or be a creator or or get out, get out of the rut that you're like, if you're humping a cube and you feel creative or you just got to put stuff out there and tell your friends, like, look, this is what I'm doing. How about some feedback? And like you did freaking uh, pound the pavement and cold reach out to dudes that, I mean, I've had a lot of success. Like, I mean, some really famous people have reached out to me, but I've also reached out to, uh, famous people and they've responded. Like it helps to have a blue check, but also everyone is a human and we're all people. And so like eventually people are going to respond if you have something. Especially if you have the product. Yep. If you have the product to point to, um, I think eventually people do respond. And I, yeah, that's easy, easy for us to say. Like to be fair, it's easy for us to say that. Yeah. But, uh, but I also remember, and I'm sure you remember when no one knew who the hell we were, yes. <laughs> you know, and like, 
all you could really do was just kind of like, oh, I got to make this stupid thing and I got to be ready to bomb and suck it up if I do. Yeah. Masculine sucks. It sucks. That insecurity, that fear of failure. I get it. And just having releasing it into the world and it being at the mercy of everyone consuming it. That's my least favorite thing. Cause like once you like, I'll write a thing or I'll post a thing. And after that point, there's, I can't control the narrative anymore. Like how people respond to it and if they hate it or not is completely up to them and it's their right to that. Yeah. yeah. And you can't even be mad at them if they do. Yeah. Um, I know we're, we're, coming up on time, but I do want to briefly ask you about a more serious thing about like what's going on in the country. Have you had all your white friends reach out to you to be, uh, oh, to cure them of their guilt or what does that look like the past couple it's months? It's been for great. You? So it's been great, man. Just getting the text messages, the emails, <laughs> just like communicating me. how you felt in the last week. <laughs> Oh my I, gosh, I totally wanted to know how you felt the past week about Yeah. Oh man. Hey man, just uh oh, saw the news. Oh man. God. Hey. You know, here's the thing. I this is what hey man, you know, I'll just I know I'll never understand how you feel. I'm like, you know what? If my house burned down, you'd have a pretty good idea. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, you don't know. Your house is still there, but I'm pretty sure you could imagine if your house wasn't there. Yeah. So you do have an idea. <laughs> so that that's the one thing. Oh, man, you know, if, you know, and I'll never understand. Well, but yeah, it's I I don't know. I can't get cynical. I I don't I want to honor people's intention. Yeah. I want to honor their attempts to grieve. Like I get it. And they're and hey, these are new feelings for some people. So, yeah, trying to react to these new feelings, and that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. Like, it might not be the ideal statement or response or whatever, but they're trying to react. And it's like a, it seems like an actual growth pain. Like this is what a growth pain feels like. Like, yeah, it's definitely a new level of consciousness. Yeah, you know, and um, and no one's doing it perfectly. It's it's it is prime foot and mouth season. Yeah, yeah. prime foot and mouth season. Uh, and you know what? Hey, that's okay. Like I and I, I, this was what helped me calm down and be like, you know what? When my wife helped me realize I was sexist and I was, I was a foot soldier in a sexist society. Hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't. Fr- I was fucking Harvey Weinstein. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know these these lunatics. Epstein. Yeah, yeah, you know, I wasn't one of those guys. I, I would never. I was absolutely terrible. You know, I was, I was one of those guys. But then I just, I remember like, gosh, after a while, after sitting with her and living with her, and being like, oh, yeah, that guy in the store, he went directly to you, and I was the one who was shopping for whatever, and he asked you if you needed help. Yeah. I answered him totally unaware. And uh, I remember how I felt after she told me that, like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, this is in me. This has been going on my whole life, too. And it's still going on. And I'm just here benefiting off it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. What should I do? Let me text all my female friends and let you know. Like, no, <laughs> so you can at least, you can at least uh, yeah, empathize yeah. with that end of it. 
Yeah, and I I get why. So I understand because I did feel I immediately thought of all my my friends that are girls, all my friends that I work with that are girls, and I was like, oh my god, I need to apologize and let them know I'm aware. Yeah, I'm conscious now, and uh, but that if they get that text, they're like, oh great, good for you. You're aware of my Still. shitty hand. Yeah. Like, Thanks, dude. Thanks. You know, I'm still like living it, jackass. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, dude, don't text me. Text your guy friends. Yeah. Like, don't text me. Like, go fix something. Yeah. And that's what I have to do. I had to start having friends, convos with my guy friends. Like, hey, man, like, why didn't we work with her that time? Uh-huh. Or like, even with myself, I'm like, I, dude, that, are there any, why don't you know of any female comics? Uh-huh. You know, it's... Hey, you know any female comics I could work with? Text me back. I wasn't texting girls that. It was it's my job. So yeah, and I'm sure they would have appreciated my new awareness, and it's understandable. But it's not. But it's almost uh, making more work for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now I gotta congratulate you on your new level of uh, <laughs> great job, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's there's so there's so much to it because so many people are having to reckon with this new sense of like, like awareness around, Oh, maybe I am treated differently because of the color of my skin. Um, and it's very, people respond to it in a completely different way. I, you know, and it's hard to know. It's hard to know how to nail it and be appropriate. Like you said, like white dudes reaching out to you to hopefully absolve their own guilt like it's, it's I, speaking as a white dude, nobody can see me, but like it is, I've been hesitant to post anything because I, I don't want to be inappropriate about it or I don't want to yeah. make it worse or just say things to say things. Um, but the analogy about the, the sexism thing is I think a really good analogy. Yeah. That's when I, I was like, oh shit, I'm sexist. Yeah. You know, like, well, I'm not Harvey Weinstein, right. you know, but I'm a guy. And I have these biases. Society. And I think sexism and racism, you know, they're the evil twins. They're Satan's twins. Hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, and it was my job. It's not, you know, it's not my wife's job. Right. So, you know, it's my job. Now that I'm aware, it's my job. Yeah. Easy. She sounds cool. like an incredible woman. She she is. She is. Um, you married up, huh? Just like me. I, a thousand percent married up. That's so dope. All right. Well, I know we're, we're running up on time, but thanks for sharing all this stuff with me. Okay. Real quick, real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, now, now I got to interview you. How much time we got left? Got 30 seconds. I mean, we got as much time as you need. Okay, join, now that we're on this suspect uh, subject, just make fun of white pastors for the next week only. Okay. <laughs> That's your duty in all this. Just <laughs> white pastors only. Oh, you know. Okay. Yep. I can uh, do that. No black pastors for at least a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, uh, um, favorite pair of shoes last 10 years. Let the people know. Oh, okay. Uh, well, last, last decade. The only, uh, the, the disclaimer I have is I've only been in the game for maybe five years. I have a, I'm all about ubiquity. So it could be an obscure pair of shoes that <laughs> no one really knows about. Like, uh, I just want to know your favorite pair. Yeah, I mean, I have a pair I own or any pair out there? Any pair. Okay. Um, Shatter Backboard 1s are a grail for me. The orange and black Jordan 1s. The first ones. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With like that have, yeah. Uh, not the white, not the white and orange ones, the black and orange yeah. ones. Um, those, the Atmos Safari Air Max ones, the Brilliant. blue and gray ones. Uh, I went to that store in Japan hoping that they had something similar. And I mean, nothing compares to that pack. Um, yeah. And then, Hmm. <laughs> there's a lot One of sh- there's a lot of shoes I can't pull off that I really appreciate, like um, or or shoes I can't afford, like the uh, Carhartt Eminem Jordan Fours that go for like those those are incredible twenty k. Didn't they release? Oh, there was like a, a uh, auction I think for a pair. Yeah, well, those that was for the blue ones, which are even more rare than the the black ones. Oh, they're even more rare. Yeah, I mean, I think those. Okay. Uh, go for like maybe 35 or 40 K and then, you know, an honorable mention are the air mags. I mean, the air mags are just so tight looking. I, you know what, man, you don't like that. No, no. I think it might be the air mags for me. I Um, mean, that's like an art and technology piece. You and I will, unless, you know, Nike, which they might someday just be able to release them when tech catches up. But yeah, and those dudes that were hold, like sleeping on them on ice, waiting to sell them, go, immediately go down and yeah, die. yeah. <laughs> Nike just blows out the market. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that's uh, really, I think that was a real, really cool moment. That was overlooked, actually. Yeah, oddly overlooked. It was, and now it's like a cult slash kind of not cult thing where. If any anybody can recognize those from a mile away and know that they're special, I yeah the self lacing technology thing I think is really cool. I think that's going to be once they can get it cheap enough like at yeah. scale. It'll it'll happen ten five ten years it'll happen. Yeah. What about you? I mean, what about like a more accessible shoe? Oh man. Uh I mean, definitely the the Ultra Boost one. Yeah, knows where, where that was a moment. That was a really special because everyone was like, "Oh, shoes can be more comfortable than they." Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like a new level. Of like, what is this? Yeah, that no one had felt. So that was cool because I'm getting older. We're getting older. It's cool seeing tech now. Yeah, yeah. Shoes. That's what I look for. I'm like, oh man, this is uh, all the R and D that went. In. You know, I'm like, I'm I nerd out about this. Or like the ability to innovate on something that is so saturated, like a sneaker to come out with something unique like ultra boost 1.0 that did blow people away because I think everyone would had to have been kind of resting in their laurels about like, well, we got air maxes. We got Jordans. We got for sure. New balance, New balance was the vapor max. Shoe, but it was for old dudes. Yeah. And then they, Adidas was like, ah, we're, we're going to do it for everyone. Yeah. They made some, they've made a couple really sick pivots that, I mean, Kanye and then the boost technology. I mean, before they were such a snoozer, like the Stan Smith was. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. What about, I mean, do you still have, do you actually own, I remember you wearing a Supreme box logo shirt. Do you actually own a Supreme box logo? Uh, You know, what's funny. I I sold that shirt um, because I needed money for something. (laughs) I needed money for something. And I was like, this is why I'm an advocate of buying expensive things or buying nice things. I'm actually an advocate of it. Here's why. I, I needed money. I wanted to buy something. I'm, and I'm trying to remember what I bought. I think I bought a camera or something. Okay. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to spend my own money on this thing. I don't need it. 
And I looked at my closet. I was like, oh. Oh, I've got $2,000 worth of t-shirt. No, I'll just sell this thing. <laughs> and I'll get that thing. And like, boom, I said, like, no money lost. It was almost like barter. You like uh, oh. free rolled it. Which uh, which one was I, it? Uh, I had a, uh, it was a, it was, um, it was just a navy blue and a red one. So um, sick. It's crazy how they made a red box so hyped. For people that don't know, you should go look up Supreme Box logo and look at the resale prices for a basic Gildan t-shirt with a red box on it. I mean, you sold your shirt used and probably got a premium for it still. I I, uh, I did. I I made more than I sold it for. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, yeah, it's an, it's a, it's an appreciating asset now. It's like a Porsche. It's crazy. Or a Rolex. You know, you buy it for a price and you're going to make money on it. Yeah. So it's a... But you got to go through the pain it. of paying for paying resale yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. You could actually afford it. It's a good purchase because you're going to make your money back and you're going to make some house money too. That's dope. What do you wear these days? Like what's your actual rotation? <clears throat> um, she's, I'm just, it's, it's just comfort, man. It's, Slides. it's comfort, practicality and, uh, and style. I love, I'm still in the style of shoes. So yeah. Um, the Converse One Stars, I love mm-hmm. uh, this basic One Star by Converse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I just got a pair of uh, New Balance 993s that I'm really excited about. Heck uh, yeah. I, when I went to Japan and saw kids wearing them out there, yeah. I was like, oh gosh. The, uh, what, is it a colorway or is it a kind of? Just a navy blue and white ones. Here, I'm wearing them right now. Just, just these ones right here. Just- oh, heck yeah. Did you go to the store in, um, where's the? That freaking drag that all the streetwear shops are in in Tokyo, uh, in Shibuya. Shibuya, yeah. No, I, I mean, I probably, went, I think I went to New Balance there, but I got these like last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got. These. That's the thing. It's like made my. It's been so difficult to put out any content. Is that people literally aren't wearing shoes anymore? Like I can't tell you nuts? the last time I've gotten dressed up for anything because we're all that just nuts? sitting here. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, words played. Thanks for, uh, spending all this time with me. If people want to reach out to you and, um, you know, with their white guilt or whatever, how can they find you on, <laughs> on the internet? Uh, Hey, just, uh, you know, words played, uh, W O R D S P L A Y E D on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Heck yeah. And what about the, uh, what about the comedy content coming out next week? Where's that? Oh, that'll be all. That'll be all on on my socials. You'll see. You'll see all of that stuff. Heck so stay yeah. tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm pumped for um, fun for the whole family as always. It's going to be. Uh, it'll be a treat. It's going to be something you could sit with for hours. So I'm really, I'm really stoked about That's it. That's dope, man. Well, I appreciate your perspective. It's great to finally meet you uh, via Zoom. And we'll, we'll do this in person someday. Yeah, we absolutely have to do this in person, but I'll come to you. It's too hot here. So we'll come out to <laughs> San Diego and have some tacos or something. Yeah, do it. Bring a family. Heck yeah. All right, buddy. Well, hey, great to talk to you. All right, brother. Be safe. Big shout out to my dude. Words play for not only spending the time with me today for the podcast, but also allowing me to use his music for the intro and ad tracks. Follow him on Instagram, Twitter, all the socials, at Wordsblade, as well as on Spotify and Apple Music. Show him some support. Thanks for checking out the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating, leave a review. 
Also check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Preachers and Sneakers. You can also go to PreachersandSneakers.com for merch as well as YouTube, youtube.com slash Preachers and Sneakers. Thanks for spending the time with me today. And please tune in for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.